Good morning again. Welcome back to Let's Open the Bible. I'm Russell Fox here with Gavin Pratt. This morning, uh, we're going to continue in Hebrews chapter 11. I hope you have your Bible. Uh, Gavin, would you mind reading verse 6 for us, and then we can pray. Amen. Hebrews eleven six, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Lord God, we just praise your holy name. What a beautiful day you've given us to be able to enjoy. And Lord, just a wonderful word that you've given us. You've chosen to pursue us through Christ. You've given us a language we can read and understand and learn more about you. And so, Father, just thank you for that. Thank you for the time that we have this morning to just get into your word a little bit. And I pray, Father, that uh, anyone who might listen to this, Father, would be encouraged today. We love you, Father, and we praise you. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. So, Hebrews eleven six, and that means it's tied to some, some verses before it. Uh, we would encourage you always to get context. Uh, a text without context is a pretext for a proof text. It's, a, it's an opportunity to make the Bible say what you want it to say rather than what it does say, and we want to avoid that. However, due to the nature of this podcast, we will not be digging into those verses. So, let's start with without faith. And without faith, what does that mean? To have no faith in God. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, uh, uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, I call it quorum Deo, living before the face of God, to the glory of God, that quorum Deo. How would we uh, apply that? There are a lot of Christians that say, you know, um, my children are living, you know, one of my child is living with somebody, um, and, and we would call that living in sin if they're not married, right? Living with someone of the opposite sex and having those marital uh, relationships without uh, being married, and we say that's living in sin. And this person say, well, I just keep telling them, get married, get married, get married, because that's going to please God, right? Well, this text says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And when you ask this person, well, do your kids believe? Does your, your you know, let's just say it's a son. Does your son, who's living with his girlfriend, does he believe? Well, no. This kind of says without faith, it's impossible to please God. What you're doing is making a, a something, you're, you're, you're asking your children to make a decision that benefits society, for sure, will benefit their family, absolutely. We'll have some practical benefits to it, but in the end, it doesn't move them closer to God. Faith alone does that. We call it sola fides, right? By faith alone, that, that's what uh, allows us to to be uh, reconciled to Christ, to, to God the Father through Christ the Son. Um, and it certainly is uh, what pleases God. So, and without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Yeah, and I think we touched on that yesterday when you, you were articulating about how what we believe informs what we do. Right. And so, uh, to your point with the, the story of the man living with the woman, uh, if he had faith, truly then he wouldn't be living with this unmarried, you know, unmarried living with this person to begin with. Right. Well, and, and there's one little component. And, and again, if you think that we are isolating one sin above another, we, we definitely don't want to do that. There are sins certainly that are more catastrophic to a family or society, but, but we would be very much against all sin. But um, I think what happens is because we are not people of the word at times, and you can look at the studies on biblical illiteracy in America, because we're not people of the word at times. There are many people that don't know what the word says about marital relationships. 
And that leads to a conscience that is not shaped by the word. So you don't have that ability to say, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's no word to hide in your heart. Um, and, and then because, because the conviction of the Spirit is always going to be coupled with the Word. You have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, or um, uh, the Spirit gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken, they are Spirit and they are life. There's this coupling of Spirit and life. So if you want a person that's driven by the Spirit, he has to be filled with the Word. Letting the Word of Christ dwell in you richly has the same manifestation, uh, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, as does... Uh, do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And then addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So this, the Word and the Spirit are coupled. And, and so you, you may have the case where, yeah, they don't believe and then nothing pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But there are some very young uh, wheat that look a lot like tares because they have not been saturated in the Word. And to that, we need to preach and pray and preach and pray and preach, teach and pray. So, all right, uh, let's stay focused on, I'm sorry, I got distracted. Let's stay focused on Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Yeah, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. And and so, you know, by, by what we're saying here, for someone to come to God, this is not coming to a God in our image. This is not coming to a God out of convenience. Uh, and I hear this a lot, you know, people, you know, in a pinch, they throw up a Hail Mary type prayer, right? God, you know, if you're real, well, just that statement, if you're real, indicates what this passage, he who comes to God must believe that he is. If we, if we doubt God is, and we're just throwing up this prayer, and you know we're our ox is in the ditch, so to speak. Is that faith? Yeah, you know I I really wrestle with it because you have your historical figures like Luther, who had a similar prayer in that storm, right? And so you know, hey, if you get me through this, and kind of the bartering with God, and and not exactly the same prayer, but you know that that you know God, if you're real, prove it. If you're yeah. if, if, so, um, I, I just think. This text is explicitly speaking of people that have a relationship with him. You have to have that faith to please him. And then in order to please him and have that faith, you must believe a couple things about him. One, that he exists, right? So, you know, I, I don't know exactly where I fall with God, if you exist. Uh, that's certainly not the best prayer. And, and uh, you, but, but I've seen places where God honors it, you know. Uh, there, there are places in scripture that said, don't test God. Don't put him to the test. Don't tempt him. Jesus himself says that. But there are other places in the scripture that God says, why didn't you test me? Yeah. Well, and was it Malachi? Yeah. Malachi. Yeah. Yes. Test me on yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, there are places that God is actually bothered that there were, uh, packs being made with foreign countries when you should have just tested God. What? Yeah. You know, so, so again, th uh, this is a particular a group of people, the Hebrew, uh, a Hebrew community that is on the brink, they're being persecuted, and it seems that they're on the brink of extreme persecution. In one case, a place in Hebrews 12, I think, and you have not suffered to the point of the shedding of your blood. Um, there are different ways of understanding that, but perhaps they're not quite where they will be in their persecution, but they have already been persecuted. So this specific audience, he says, and without faith it is impossible to, to please him. 
And I would, if you wanted a little side study, go back uh, to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. Um, and it, it just says, uh, and if I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. So there's a persecution without faith that doesn't please God. And he's saying, listen, if you're doing any of this without faith, it's not something that pleases God. It's your motives. If you seek and search your motives, you will not find God at the end of those. So let's talk about the faith that pleases God. You must believe that he is. Yeah, there's, there's three, three elements to this verse. First of all, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Mm-hmm. Secondly, uh, those that come must believe that he is, that he is almighty God, right? But then third, and that God, he, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Man, that's beautiful. Because God is ultimately a rewarder. And of course, this isn't like a a gift card to Walmart. This isn't, you know, a a tank of gas type of reward. This is eternal reward. The riches in heaven, the crowns in heaven that are being stored up. But the promises that we have as followers of Christ, as co-heirs, as God's children, which um, still boggles my mind. Yeah. So, so before we're too dismissive of those glorious Walmart gift cards. What? I, <laughs> I, I actually believe that every good and perfect gift, certainly it comes from, uh, you know, the Father of Lights comes from God. But, but good things point to God. Yeah. Now, if I'm satisfied with a Walmart gift card, that that's a problem because... I believe that good gifts, good food, things that we enjoy from, you know, days in, at the beach uh, to Walmart gift cards ultimately should be, I think we should take them and meditate on God is better. Food. One of the reasons we fast is to say that God is better, more desirous, more necessary than food itself. And food is a good thing to be enjoyed. And that's why you get to those verses that say whether we eat or drink. We are to do it all to the glory of God. I think food is to be enjoyed to the glory of God. That may be another episode that we can get into later. But those good gifts are to point us to the better of God. Can I, can I just say that nowhere in the eschatology does it mention tomatoes in heaven. I think uh, tomatoes and broccoli, I know you don't like tomatoes, I don't like broccoli. I think they are lake of fire food. So I don't know about the goodness of tomatoes and broccoli. Okay, so, but anyway, I digress. So so for anybody listening, get used to bad tomato jokes. I'm pretty sure that they're the fruit of the fall. So, uh, and and there is no biblical basis for that, but I'm going to stick to it uh, because I do not like tomatoes. Um, So, so uh, there is an amazing part that we, again, we're going to leave a lot of of meat on the bone, but there's an amazing part of that text uh, that's fascinating. Whoever would draw near to God. Mm, amen. That's scandalous. Yeah. He dwells in unapproachable light. We're warned constantly. I mean, the whole tabernacle, we, I think we mentioned this last week, but that the whole tabernacle temple system is declaring we have no right to approach his throne. We have no right to be in his presence. And Hebrews is about the access that we have to God, that we can not only come in terror before him, no, we can come boldly before his throne of grace. Amen. I mean, whoever would draw near to God, it, there are just a few words that should rock our world. Um, and then, well, I don't know that we have the time to discuss this, but maybe 
future thought, maybe something you can dig into is um, you have to believe that if you want to draw near to God, uh, that in, in the ESV is a capital G-O-D. That means if you want to draw near to God, the God of all creation, you must believe that he exists. And, and Russ was talking uh, earlier today about how many people say, oh, oh, I believe in God, I believe in God, I believe in God. Um, and my experience is, and we'll leave you with this thought, that we often don't believe in God, capital G-O-D, we believe in a God of our creation, and that's called idolatry. Um, mm. That is not pleasing to God. And, that, and we have a heart that is, as Calvin said, an idol factory, a fabricum idolarum, it's a, a, we have an a idol-making factory that is called our heart, and we need to be ever vigilant against it. Yeah, amen. Well, listen, uh, that's all the time we have uh, today for Let's Open the Bible. Look forward to catching back up with you tomorrow as we will continue in Hebrews 11. So we'll see you then.